It is so inspirational to see someone say, man, I have one life to live and I was living it like that? Like, is that is that what I want to go out like? Is this the value I put on my life? And they, it's just the coolest thing um, to see them say, you know what, I'm going to do this different. And hi again, this is another episode of Casting Light, a new podcast from Guiding Light. I am Phil Tower, your host. It's a pleasure and honor to be with you on every episode. You can find us wherever you get your favorite podcast. And in this episode, it is uh, my pleasure to welcome to the microphone someone I've had a chance of speaking with over the years. He is the Guiding Light Recovery Director, Brian Elvey. And Brian, is um, he's a veteran here at Guiding Light. First of all, Brian, it's good to see you. Thanks, Phil. Good to be here. I appreciate the stare down this morning uh, before we uh, started recording. So that's sure. always that's always good to establish rapport. I, I was sharing with you earlier. I think we met probably about four years ago. I interviewed you for radio, and I know there are a lot of people hearing this conversation on this Casting Light podcast who maybe don't know your story. Probably don't know your story, but. Um, you didn't just walk in off the streets and get hired by Guiding Light. Um, you went through the recovery here, right? Yes, I did. Um, the program was a little bit different back then, but um, it, it, I, all of my other options had been exhausted. Uh, didn't even know what Guiding Light did. Uh, someone had told me about it. Um, I was coming off of being let go as a teacher. Um, so I was a teacher for several years and found myself in a situation um, that I had nowhere to turn. And kinda, you were, This is alcohol? Yeah, yeah. So I was um, abusing alcohol to the point of, you know, I couldn't always remember what day of the week it was. I was with somebody that died from it, you know, with me um, and spent a night in jail just to make sure there was no, that I didn't have any part of it. And I can remember waking up uh, in a Wyoming um, Wyoming jail and being interviewed by the police and really not being able to answer their questions because I just didn't know. So you were drinking to the point of blacking out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I guess, you know, some people say you need to be, have that a gift of desperation, and I, I thought I'd had that before and kind of always seemed to think I could figure it out somehow, or when things got better, I would kind of go back to doing what I'd done in the past, and uh, man, that just that wasn't working out so well. So Guiding Light um, gave me an opportunity to be a part of their program. Now, you had mentioned, Brian, that you had failed some other rehab programs, is that right? Yeah, definitely. If you use if you use the idea of abstinence or staying sober, yes, absolutely. You, you just tried to quit. Basically, tried to quit. I, I think looking back, what I was trying to do was was not feel the way I was feeling in those moments. And if if I got, you know, physically stronger, I mean, physically more healthy, and uh, you know, got a job back or made progress in a relationship or something like that, that I, I thought that I thought that you know, things were better, and, mm. and really they weren't. So you ended up at Guiding Light, which is interesting. You, you share a, a similar story, and a lot of people you hear from people who come in in recovery, and you're now the director of that program, that they really didn't know about this place. They just, by mm -hmm. the grace of God, 
it just ended up here. I mean, what was the connection for you? Was it the police? Who said you need to go to Godding Light, Brian? Well, I mean, there are a couple people that come to mind. I know of an individual that actually brought me here in his car. But I, I really, you know, one of the f- things we kind of say here was, was that odd or was that God? It's kind of a, a funny statement we make sometimes. And <laughs> That's a great line. Yeah, and I think, you know, having some time sober now, looking back on that, I, I, I like to give credit to God and those people, and I think that was God working through them. Um, yeah. it, it's a miracle. I mean, there's no two ways about it. Isn't that funny? Some people have no idea they are a conduit to... God's plan for your life. That's it's a powerful thing. Is it odd or is it God? I love that statement. And I don't think there's any doubt that in this place it's God that brings people here by the grace of God. And a lot of people never make it here, Brian. You know that. Mm-hmm. Some people never make it. Um, but you ended up in the program, uh, successful in the program. Did you know, at what point did you know you wanted to stay? I know a lot of the people who are here at Recovery immediately began working. At one point, did you know this is like, this is my life now? Well, the smile on my face is, is, is um, I was so afraid that uh, I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know if I could... You know, with my past, I just realized there was wreckage, and I, I, my self-esteem was beat up. Um, who I thought I was has been kind of deflated. Um, I think my ego took a huge hit, which it needed to. And I, I went into our director's, you know, Mr. Ray's office one time, and I just said, I was teasing with him, but I said something like, you know, you're going to have to kick me out of this place because I'm scared. And yeah. I don't know if I used those exact words, but... There was a deep respect for or fear of just going back out and doing what I had done before. And it so happened they were looking for someone to kind of help men find employment. And I knew some, I knew I could do some resume stuff. I knew I could meet with some guys and maybe help them find some employment. And that's kind of yeah. where it all started for me here. Yeah, you could use those skills as a teacher hmm. here at Guiding Light. And it was interesting, you talk about fear, that fear ended up being a gift. Because that fear, and sometimes fear is is an obstacle. Usually it's an obstacle, but in your case, it was a gift because it was your self kind of saying, this is where I belong, self. And it was probably God working through that, but it's really interesting. And you probably share this as you work with men in recovery, but recognizing that fear and owning that fear is a part of maturity, isn't it, Brian? Yeah, absolutely, and, and and I think even with simple things we do here with guys is is uh, you know one of the things we we have the men do is get up in front of the guys and, and talk about their story when they first come in. Like, how would what do you think is important for us to know as your community? And that can be a really scary thing mm-hmm. um, to kind of face some of those fears that we have about where we are, who we are, what our lives show us we are, and um, so yeah, facing fear is a big deal. You have had quite an experience, as anyone here at Guiding Light, really anyone in the world over the last uh, several 15, 16 months with the coronavirus pandemic and COVID-19, and everything changed around March of 2020. You were here as Guiding Light Recovery Directory, just doing your thing, and then all of a sudden, a pandemic, everything shuts down. Literally overnight, everything shut down. 
Can you walk us through what that was like here at Guiding Light? Well, <laughs> there had to be a laugh there. Yeah, well. I mean, I can remember Mr. Ray coming in to, you know, he, he didn't pop his head over a lot over, you know, with the guys with us, um, unless it was something important to say. And he had been coming over a little bit and saying, hey, there's this thing going on on the other side of the world. You know, I have an opinion on that. And it could, if it gets over here, it could be bad news. Um, I think we need to start preparing for that right now. And I can remember thinking, okay, whatever. Right. Like, so he was aware of it when it was like in China and overseas. Yeah. He is he is very good on staying on top of those things. And uh I just was like, hey, we got we're doing important stuff right here. Like, what's that got to do with us? One of the yeah, yeah. one of the things we do with the men is literally try to keep some of the news away from them, not to be mean or de- you know, punishing at all, but just like that stuff's not important, right? You're yeah. here taking care of something else that's very important. Sure. And I think I had a little bit of that attitude. And so he, I can't remember how it all worked out, but he had been kind of making this known for, for, for a period of time. And then all of a sudden when it did hit, I still was like, this, this can't be the hype. And, uh, next thing I know, the County, you know, needed some help. The County, um, uh, Kent County health department needed some help. And I'm getting word that they're going to take over the building in order to, meet the demands of the community, and we were scrambling for what to do next. And luckily, we could take the the program that we currently had and offer men a building out at Iron House to kind of hold fort and keep the program going out there, yeah. which was really kind of opened the door to some, some different opportunities for the guys to yeah. kind of... So now we had, I think... Uh, maybe 26 guys that were living there, or 25, and then we added added these guys from the program. Maybe 12 guys at that time, because some guys did decide to leave, um, but we kept things rolling. Literally, the script was flipped. Oh, your normal yeah. was completely gone. Yeah, I think I don't think I saw the guys in person myself for I don't know. It was a long time, so a lot of stuff was done by Zoom. You can imagine. I mean, everything got got twisted and the guys that went over there and the guys at iron house so that's our that's our recovery housing piece of this mm-hmm. program they were allowing men to sleep on their couch so the care and concern for these new guys in the program the men living at iron house working were accommodating these guys in ways i didn't even i thought they would push back and be upset about us even suggesting it and i never heard one complaint from anybody about, you know, well, hey, this is my apartment too, and no complaints. Because they had been there. They had been there. That's pretty awesome. Brian Elvey is the Guiding Light Recovery Director. He's with us on this edition of Casting Light as we talk about living through COVID. You came through that, here we are now, really emerging from it. I mean, it's still a presence in parts of the country, but what's the biggest thing you learned through that whole process as recovery director here at Cutting Light? Biggest thing it taught you? Well, a big surprise was just the resiliency of the men. I think there were yeah. some things asked of us that I thought this might kill kill the, you know, when I say kill the program, just make it difficult to continue functioning the way we knew it in any shape or form. And the men always seemed to rise to the occasion. I think, I think the guys um, moved all the furniture, all the stuff in this whole building in like a day into a semi (laughs) in order to make room for the health department, like in one day. And, you know, there were things like that asked of them that that I really thought they'd say, this is ridiculous. I never heard a guy complain. Um, So the resiliency and the grit and the determination were were a surprise to me. And you have to give credit to 
you and your team here at Guiding Light because it was a game changer for everybody and you were resilient through it. You know, it's interesting. I read something not long ago that said the in spite of all the challenges with mental health and mental wellness that COVID threw upon everyone, that overall, most people were pretty resilient through it. And mm-hmm. most people had adapted. Most people, a lot of people sought counseling, a lot of it virtually. But, you know, the takeaway was that the human spirit, the human psyche was more resilient than maybe the experts gave mm-hmm. us all credit for. I think for someone like you, anybody who's been through trauma and challenges and and who has been through recovery and been successful as you have so many years later. And you've been sober how many years now? We'll come up on nine. Congratulations. Thank When's you. your anniversary? Uh, August 26th. Good for you. Thank you. It's a long time. As you look at the recovery process here, Brian Elvey, and you've been involved a number of years, the thing that gets you excited every morning when mm. you wake up Is it hope? Is it not knowing how someone is going to change through this process? What is it that puts a smile on your face? And I know that's not every day. That's an easy question for me to answer. Um, now it might be different for each guy, but the general answer to that question is there's there's a spark sometimes in a guy's eye that they have a it's almost like they woke up and they realize that they life for one is worth living for. And that there's kind of hunger just to get curious about what that might be. And it's when you watch it from a distance, it is just, it is so inspirational to see someone say, man, this is, I have one life to live and I was living it like that. Like, is that, is that what I want to go out like? Is this the value I put on my life? It's just the coolest thing to see them say, you know what, I'm going to do this different. And I'm going to value this life I have. And I'm also very curious about how do I give back to other people? How do I give back to my family? How do I, how do I become a different, who do I want to be in this world? And I just, yeah. when guys start going there, it is just, I mean, it it's is magical. It is magical. And it's, yeah. it's contagious here. It spreads to the other men. They might not be always be conscious of what's going on. And I, maybe I'm, I'm probably not either, but it, there's an energy that can happen within the community You know, a guy makes a declaration that he's going to do something that's, you know, for instance, maybe he hasn't talked to his son in four years. And he says, you know what, today's the day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make that happen. And that stuff starts to spread. Uh, it's empowering to be a part of. I love that. The one thing I've always wanted to ask you as recovery director here at Guiding Light, and I've heard other men speak about this, you have to have, there's a fine line between celebrating somebody's recovery too soon and still pushing them with whatever you call it in Brian Elvey's head, tough love, a little bit of grit. That's a real fine line. That's a tough thing because you don't want to celebrate that, th- those early successes too much, right? Yeah, I, I, I do agree. Each, each person can be really different about that. I think I have some people in my life that kind of influence me. Uh, for instance, I There's some people I trust that'll say, you know, their way of doing it is very all about encouragement. And the other person will be like, mine's always about saying what I see and that kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. I hope sometimes I fall in the middle. I don't, I don't know as a program, we try to be a little, a little more balanced out. For instance, you know, we might, we might celebrate a guy's 
belly button birthday too, you know, give them a cake and, and kind of celebrate that. Um, but we do believe that having some form of something to celebrate can impact a man. Because, you know, a lot, of the, a lot of us haven't experienced much positivity in our life, especially in our addiction. We've, we've broken a lot of relationships, and mm. there's not so many people patting us on the back. So yeah. we try to do some of that, but try to be cautious of too much of it too. It's a great point. Brian Elvey is the recovery director at Guiding Light, and it's important that you understand as you hear this conversation with Brian that the cost is real, yet there's no cost for someone who is accepted into the program. It's $300 a day in real cost as you put pencil to paper and look at everything that happens. It's probably more than that. Is that all we're worth, Phil? Is three hundred a day? Uh, I, I, don't know. I would say that's probably <laughs> inflation know. is not impacted <laughs> in that. Uh, but for someone, it's an average of three hundred dollars a day, and that's why the financial support of the donors for this program here at Guiding Line is so critically important. And you know, I say this, uh, my wife and I have been donors for years here at Guiding Light because we recognize the importance of what happens here. And I just, I, I remember when I first heard some of the stories of recovery, talking with you, it became infectious. Hmm. I just was like, I have to get behind this. I have a bit of a history with Mr. Ray that goes back hmm. many, many years where he was actually my boss in another life, kind of a big boss uh, in the world of fast food restaurants. So okay. I have a great admiration and respect for everything that happens here and just a love for supporting the ministry. And I would encourage those of you who are listening to consider being a part of this. Give a gift. It doesn't have to be $300. I mean, you could maybe even pay for a, a glass of water for Brian or something like that. But it's expensive water, too. Uh, but you can give securely online. Just click the big yellow button at guidinglightworks.org, guidinglightworks.org. And who you can't, Brian, put a price on successful recovery. I mean, no, in a private yeah. rehab, you can. But beyond that, I mean, could you put a price on what this has been worth to you? No, but I, I, I do feel sorry for you because you shouldn't, have, you shouldn't have asked me the question about what gets me excited to wake up because now you got me thinking. And I, I really sold that question short. Okay. So I do want to add one more thing. Absolutely. <laughs> and that would be to almost kind of see a guy's heart open up. I think a lot of men come in pretty close-hearted. Of course. Trust, um, maybe some abusive stuff, uh, you know, being hurt. And to see guys kind of open up their heart to maybe a a new way of looking at things or a a spiritual, you know, side of things, that is just, that is just so cool to be a part of. So I'm sorry, I jumped in on you there, but... I'm glad you did. (laughs) I'm glad you did. Because I know this, you live this, it's become a part of your DNA. And that's a blessing. It's a blessing that you are here for the men at Guiding Light. And um, just been good to catch up with you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Phil. Brian Elvey is the Director of Recovery here at Guiding Light. Again, you can make a secure donation at guidinglightworks.org. We hope you've enjoyed this story of recovery. On this episode, you can hear all the other episodes of Casting Light wherever you catch your favorite podcasts. I'm Phil Tower. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.